Listen, everybody. Grabby the Clown is in the building! Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your captain, Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to welcome you aboard to another episode. Today's episode is all about Krabby Land. One of my favorite season three episodes uh, brings back uh, some good memories, some bad memories, and it is also the first half of the 57th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it first premiered on April 3rd, 2004 in America, although its first appearance was in Canada, November 13th, 2002. It is written by Paul Tibbet, Ken Osborne, and Mark O'Hare. Its storyboard artists are Chuck Klein, Carson Kugler, Caleb Muner, and William Reese. Our storyboard directors are Paul Tibbet and Ken Osborne. Our animation director is Andrew Overtoom, and our creative director is Derek Dryman. Now, when it comes to Krabby Land, it's, it's hard to ignore uh, how on the nose it is towards other fast food restaurants in the world, real fast food restaurants in the world, because I got to imagine no matter where you are, there has to be some sort of restaurant, mainly fast food restaurants that have many gimmicks associated with them that are there to attract children. And, you know, one can argue, hey, they're completely harmless. But on the other side of things, hey, there, there is a there is a psychological danger sometimes to some of these. I mean, look, I was a kid who grew up and made my uh, my fast food decisions based off of the the co-promotions that they were offering. If commercials came across my eyes over a, a toy line that you could get at a McDonald's or a Burger King or a Taco Bell, I was there. So their money was well invested in, in getting my parents' money. It, job well done. It worked. It was well worth making those very cheap Pokemon toys to get me to go into Burger King that I, I wouldn't normally go to as a kid, but, uh, you know, that's just one part. The, the toys and the kids meal, that's just one part of it. When you, when you look out beyond that scope and then you see the playscapes, the indoor playscapes, sometimes that would feature video games. Why, why, you know, now I know for, for some parents might be just a safe place to go. There might, you might be in an area that doesn't really have many places and therefore the, the, the indoor playscapes may be a good place. Under those circumstances, I, I, it's hard to argue against it. But, you know, in other cases, those places aren't really needed. You don't really need to hang out inside of a fast food restaurant. But, uh, but then you have the outside ones as well. These big structures there to attract children. To make kids drive by, want to go to those places, and then that's where you're spending your money. And it's, it, it's, it's just like... You know, when you go to a furniture store and then they, they uh, you know, are showing you all the furniture throughout the store and then they go, hey, we also have this uh, miniature golf course built in the back room here and this uh, basketball court. Hey, you want a free cookie? And you go, what what is this? And it, their devices meant to make you want to continually go into a furniture store because as an adult... When somebody hands you a free cookie and says, hey, and somebody goes, hey, another adult goes, hey, do you want to go play mini golf completely free, which is what any adult is going to want to hear. You tend to want to go into that furniture store a little bit more. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, 
I'm trying to avoid using certain uh, company names, but there are uh, there are plenty of furniture stores in America that have uh, plenty of of wild gimmicks to just attract your your average consumer or your your above average, your under average. I don't know, but but it's just designed to get somebody to go. Wait a minute, what? I want to go in there, even if it's for that thing, because the idea is while you're walking through the store to get to that mini golf course or to get to the free cookies or the free food, you see that that chair, that couch, or that ottoman, and you're like, wait, I, I need that thing in my life. It's only 500 bucks. I got 600 in my pocket, and the cookies are free. But um, beyond furniture stores, let's get back to fast food. A lot of them use these these extra devices specifically for kids. And, and this is something that is touched upon, actually, in a quote here from Mr. Krabs. I don't mean to uh, to rush all the way to the end, but um, this quote here, feeble minds are easily manipulated by cheap playgrounds and talentless clowns, which... Now, we can avoid, you know, there there have been plenty of fast food restaurants to try playgrounds and extra things outside for kids. That's that's one thing. But the clown part is a direct reference, obviously, to one Ronald McDonald, who is is worldwide, is world known. There's McDonald's literally everywhere. I think I think they are the most widespread fast food chain on our planet. So everybody listening to this, I have to imagine, knows who Ronald McDonald is. And um, do I think he's talentless? I don't really know. Uh, depending on the era, depending on the Ronald McDonald. But I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the reason I'm bringing him up anyway, because this will swing back to Nickelodeon, is uh, in the 90s, one of the uh, one of the extra offerings for kids to, to get them to come to McDonald's Sometimes they would do something that was just beyond your average kid's meal toy. So it was something you'd have to actually pay a little bit extra for. So most of the uh, the promotions they would have would, would make uh, uh, cups, collectible cups that you can pay like an extra dollar or two. Or sometimes it was stuffed animals. Hey, if you buy a kid's meal, we have these premium stuffed animals that are McDonald's exclusives. If you you know, by the meal, you pay an extra dollar, you get the toy. Or if you come in, you pay like six ninety nine. you know, outright. They get their money regardless. And um, one of these times, they teamed up, McDonald's teamed up with the world-renowned Klasky Chupo uh, Animation Studio and made a series of VHS Ronald McDonald adventures called The Wacky Adventures of Ronald McDonald. There was uh, six VHS tapes made in total. I don't remember how much they were extra because my father graciously paid for them. And um, the crazy thing is, I only ever owned one. And it was really good. It's a really cool story. I, I highly recommend looking up the first uh, tape. It's it's available on YouTube for free, so you can look up the entire thing. And it's, it's complete, I don't know if it's HD quality, but in decent watchable quality. But the first tape is called Scared Silly. And uh, it, it features different designs for all of the McDonald Land characters that you've come to know and love. Although a lot of them they really don't use in marketing these days. I, I think they have stepped away from a lot of the 
the to children marketing. I mean, they they haven't stepped away from the co-promotions. They still obviously have those constantly going on. But uh, uh, as far as like featuring the McDonaldland characters, a lot of them are uh, are almost lost to time. I don't know. You never see the Fry Kids used in in any you know uh, uh, commercials or, or ads or or anything in store. The Hamburglers barely barely featured. This is a travesty in some regard. Like they should be allowed to use their characters in their restaurants. I mean, the over advertising the kids is one thing, but I don't know. I, I find that weird. But yeah, I I highly recommend watching at least the first one. I haven't watched all six which was an impossibility up until a few years ago because I I believe although the first tape was was widely circulated or the maybe even the first 3 because I've seen those in so many like secondhand stores um the later tapes became highly collectible including the last one tape 6 titled The Monster O McDonald Land Lock which was believed to be uh completely lost to time until uh, 11 years after its uh, release in 2003 it found its way onto uh onto the internet which is it's pretty crazy pretty crazy but uh yeah if you have the time definitely watch scared silly that one 100% has the captain eric stamp and if you've never seen it it'll certainly be an interesting view into uh mcdonald land now, Klasky Chupo, if you are not familiar with that name, if I mentioned that earlier, and you were like, wait a minute, what? You said you were going to swing this back into things. Well, Klasky Chupo is the animation studio behind such Nickelodeon classics as Rocket Power, Our Real Monsters, The Wild Thornberries, and of course, their crowning jewel, Rugrats. So this uh, the studio was tasked by the McDonald's Corporation to make these... Uh, these short films and you know it just kind of swings all the way into what Krabby Land is about it, it's about a marketing ploy by a fast food chain to attract children to spend money that's that's all it's about it's it's very black and white but the gray area is the the actual stuff themselves because sometimes these things that are given out are are objectively cool and are nice. But then you look past that gray area and you see one side or the other and you just go, well, all right, well, I get this. I understand it. But um, so it's the first day of summer in Bikini Bottom and SpongeBob is starting the day with a, a fresh cup of French toast. Now, I love French toast and it sounds like Gary makes a, a mean cup of it, but um, French toast... Uh, I mean, what's what's the cup of? Is it just batter with egg and maybe a beaten piece of... I mean, when you have the toast in there, it's... Well, it's not toast if it's going to be liquid. So it's the bread soaking up in this liquid and then maybe Gary just beating it up till it's... You know, the bread is just mixed in. So it's just a, a thicker French toast batter. I don't know if that sounds gross to any of you. I would try it. Maybe we'll have to make a, a cup of French toast. I don't think binging with Babish has uh, has touched the, the cup of French toast yet, so maybe we can beat him to it. Um, 
But yeah, it starts out the day with a cup of French toast. It's the first day of summer, and SpongeBob is celebrating the day by throwing flower petals everywhere. That's the SpongeBob way. Of course, Squidward is obviously not a summer person, but you know who surprisingly is a summer person? Mr. Krabs. And Mr. Krabs makes it very clear that his intentions with his love of summer are all to do monetarily. And it's because summer is the beginning of summer break and begins to explain the the love of summer break to SpongeBob. Um, if you uh, If you are out there in the world in school or out of school, if you have just experienced summer break, then you understand the sanctity of those few months, those precious weeks in your year that you have to yourself, that you have to the world. You can just live. You can be free. Ah, summer breaks brings back a lot of memories. uh, And I won't, uh, I won't bore you with, with many of them, but but honestly, the few things that come to mind when it comes to summer break is is honestly knowing the amount of of nights I could have with my best friend Alex, who lived right up the street from me. Um, we we were lucky enough to to live on the same street and be relatively into the same things that we just bonded, and the fact that Alex also had three brothers that were well into video games and cartoons and and movies and staying up late, enjoying pizza and and just having a fun time. I mean, summers just meant, well, hey, we can only get together Friday and Saturday nights throughout the year. Now we can do this any night. Camping out in the backyard, putting up uh, little CRT televisions uh, and game cubes with Oh man, there's there's going to be a lot. We're going to get more into camping actually next week, so I don't want to talk more about that. But anyway, there's there's a lot of love when it comes to summer and summer breaks, especially if you're a kid, because it just it's pure freedom. And yes, that means you can also have the freedom of choice of going to whatever fast food restaurant you want to go to. But when you're an adult and you are out of the school system, those uh those three months start to dwindle a little bit down and down from the the golden days of of yore what they used to be and uh they just start to blend into the rest of the months because you you end up you know the the idea of going to school you know well it's not really the school that's the problem is you just don't want to be forced to go to a place almost nine to five and then when you get out of school you end up being forced to go to a place almost nine to five, although you can have that shift either in different times of the day, but either way, you're going multiple days of the week. And uh, then you're doing that throughout the summer. Now, most jobs will still give you vacation time, which then you can use throughout the summer and still enjoy summer vacation to an extent. But if you happen to be working in a job that directly involves working with the public, then you may find more of a flow of, of people coming through throughout the summer. And and for some, the, the extra amount of people just means a, a little bit more work and, and just they like that. They enjoy that. And others, not so much. I, I fall in the middle. I, uh, I don't know. I just do my job and, and move forward. It doesn't matter. More kids, less kids, more people, less people. Eh, it doesn't matter. I do my nine to five, punch in, punch out, come home, record this podcast once in a while. Welcome. Uh, but yeah, this episode actually takes place 
almost a week ago to the release of this episode because SpongeBob's quote calendar in the beginning uh, said June 21st. And given that this episode first premiered uh, back in 2002, October 2002, we are coming up very close to the 20-year anniversary of this episode. So congratulations to Krabby Land on almost 20 years of being one of the worst structures to ever exist for children's entertainment. But we haven't gotten there yet. Um, SpongeBob brings up a few uh, things of summer that he enjoys. These are these are the things that SpongeBob thinks of when it comes to summer. Firefly lit nights, which I gotta say, I don't know about any of you out there, but has anyone else noticed the the lack of fireflies in the world these days? I, f- I feel like as a kid there were more nights throughout the summer that there would just be a bit more fireflies, and now it seems like it's a it's it's almost like seeing a shooting star. It's so rare. I don't know. I'm sure in other parts of the world there there are more fireflies, but you know, I um I up here in New England, it's, it's certainly buggy areas, and we're right near the uh, Connecticut River, so they're just. I don't know. There used to be a lot more fireflies around here, and now there's not. Yeah, so firefly lit nights, intoxicating aroma of charcoal briquettes. I can't. Uh, I can't agree with that, and especially as a as a Hank Hill aficionado, I truly can't agree with the uh, the love of the aroma of charcoal. Although Hank will agree, a burger from a charcoal grill is not bad. We all know that a uh, the preferred method. To grill your meat is with good old-fashioned propane. Um, SpongeBob also brings up the sound of a lawnmower running over a flip-flop. That is terrifying, but I'll, I'll take it as well. Um, now, Mr. Krabs, as excited as he is for the rush of children on this first day of summer, he is met by the end of the day with disappointment that... On the first day of summer, no one wanted to spend their money at the Krusty Krab. Or at least because the kids didn't. He was really bummed out about that. Uh, you gotta, you know, it's the first day of summer. You gotta give it some time. But as he realizes, all of the kids are spending their time at a new playground that, I guess, was built recently in Bikini Bottom. And so, Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob drive a bow over to the playground, which, um... I guess Mr. Krabs knows how to drive a boat from the ground of the boat. Because when it when the boat drives up to the playground, you do not see who's driving in it. It's completely passengerless, driverless, no one. And then right when it parks, SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs, they kind of peer up. And it's mentioned by uh, SpongeBob that it was really cool of Mr. Krabs that he was able to drive the boat from the ground. And I got to agree, that's a that's a pretty cool skill. What's not really cool is going up to a playground as an adult and pulling out a pair of binoculars. Let me just uh, let me just warn anybody out there, no matter what your intentions are, um, you just don't want to find yourself in a position where you even have to explain anything. You know? Like, just don't do that. If you are following a bird and you're bird watching and you have a, a binoculars with you and you're been, you're tracking this bird throughout the woods and then you find yourself in a situation where there's a, a playground in front of you 
you've come out of the woods, it's a school, there's a playground, and the bird is right on the other side of the playground, perched. It's the first time it's, it's really sitting down for a while. You know what? Walk around and don't put your binoculars up. Because you, you do the act once. It's called a snapshot moment. You do the act once. The fact that you have to explain, no, just don't put yourself in that situation. Mr. Krabs here, I, I wish he uh, would have thought twice about this, but he, his intentions are, are not to spy on the kids for the kids' sake, but onto what is it about the playground that attracts them so much? Why are they not coming to the Krusty Krab? And he eventually comes up with an idea, kicks SpongeBob completely out of the boat and drives off, which was really kind of rude of him, especially after, you know, somebody could have called the cops and said, hey, this guy was was looking at this playground with uh, binoculars and uh, and the cops are on their way. And then SpongeBob's left there. Uh, that's just a rough situation to find yourself in. But when he shows up to the Krusty Krab the next day, uh, we find ourselves with a giant, you know, I got to be honest, out of everything, it was a really well-made sign. But we find ourselves with a sign announcing the arrival of Krabby Land, uh, a new theme park of sorts being built at the Krusty Krab. We don't get to see Krabby Land because it's it's covered over a giant tarp, a giant like canopy of sorts. But you can kind of see the, the makings, the outline of, of what appears to be a massive playground for kids. This is going to be the ultimate place for kids to go. And it's all Mr. Krabs is doing. It's it's all by his hands. And there's a massive line of kids waiting for Krabby Land. And Mr. Krabs gives a massive announcement that Krabby Land is about to open. But Uncle Krabs wants one promise from the kids that when they get hungry, they can enjoy Krabby Land all they want. But when they get hungry, they have to come into the Krusty Krab to get a Krabby Patty. And then they promise, Mr. Krabs, that they'll uh, they'll get the Krabby Patties. But there is also this promise of Krabby the Clown making his arrival at some point at the Krusty Krab. Now, Krabby the Clown and just the idea of a clown fast food restaurant, you can see the Ronald McDonald kind of comparison there. Um, and what you end up also seeing about Krabby Land is when it is unveiled to the crowd of awaiting children, we are met with initially a pile of garbage a a pile of garbage a mangled looking mess um i mean once once you get out from the first frame which literally just looks like a pile of trash you then start going through the different varying elements of crabby land including fort adventure which um seems like it's just a piece of wood on top of two barrels at an angle, uh, let me get the, the picture of it here. Yeah, it's it's a piece of wood on top of two barrels with a tarp looking like it's a it's a ramp of sorts and just some other pieces of wood and a and a pipe for adventure, followed by a hose world, which is literally just a pole with a bunch of hoses dangling from it. Next up we have the toaster rodeo, which I, I gotta be honest with you. Is the is the objectively coolest part of uh, of Krabby Land that there must have been a lot of effort that went into making the toaster rodeo, and uh, that that I gotta be honest, that's gotta be Mr. Krabs's uh, Pirates of the Pancreas. That's gotta be his 
his land that he would die on over uh, the Toaster Rodeo. That's his baby. That's one of his favorite uh, rides or attractions at Krabby Land. Next up, we have the rocket ship Fantastica, which is a it's a barrel hanging from a rope that is uh, literally about to break. And then it does, uh, followed by just a generic slide that ends up just falling apart. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is literally all we are shown that Krabby Land has to offer, followed by these liability papers that if every kid signs it, or at least whoever does sign it, will earn a chance to meet the one and only Krabby the Clown. He's on his way to the restaurant, and all you have to do to meet him is to sign your liability waiver and buy yourself a Krabby Patty. Um, now, while Mr. Krabs counts all of the kids' money, because he's he's here to take the money that they have from their parents, it is up to SpongeBob to entertain the children. Um, because Krabby Land at this point is is completely forgotten about. There's there's no danger happening in Krabby Land. None of the uh, none of the above of what I mentioned ends up you know being really used beyond its initial showing. We now turn to the children waiting for Krabby the Clown. That's all they're excited for at the end of the day. And now that they have to be entertained by SpongeBob, they, uh, they're they looking to him for, for all of the entertainment that Krabby Land apparently can't offer. And although SpongeBob has some really cool uh, uh, bubble tricks, it's not enough to, to really get these kids to uh to really appreciate it and it's kind of a shame I, I feel bad for spongebob now we do get a little bit of a hamburglar type reference here with spongebob uh in his attempt to entertain the children uh tying a burglar like a a, a mask around his eyes like a burglar's mask a red one and calling himself the crabby patty burglar the the sidekick apparently of of crabby the clown which i i don't know that seems a, a bit weird. Um, you know, the fact that Krabby the Clown, who loves Krabby Patties, would have a sidekick of a guy who just steals Krabby Patties, unless... Wait a minute. Krabby the Clown just loves Krabby Patties so much that he befriends the one guy that could constantly steal them. I mean, think about it. That's why Ronald hangs out with the Hamburglar, not to stop him. But it's the side hustle. It's the side deals. Ronald buys the uh, hamburgers from the Hamburglar at half the cost that he could buy them at McDonald's, but he only does that under the uh, under the radar, off to the side. But anyway, um, SpongeBob tries a bunch of fancy bubble tricks that would work on the average Joe, but for a bunch of kids, with the expectation that a clown is showing up, it's it's simply not going to work. And through his rushed attempts of, of using bubbles to try to entertain these kids, something ends up happening that I don't think SpongeBob is very used to. But uh, on his last bubble, while these kids are, are harassing him over their desire for Krabby the Clown and their dislike of the Krabby Patty burglar, um, some bubble spray gets into his eyes and causes massive irritation, turns his eyes red, SpongeBob's screaming. And these kids laugh. These kids laugh at his pain. And SpongeBob learns a lesson that Adam Sandler learned in Big Daddy, in which that kids enjoy 
uh, somebody getting hurt as long as it's within a, a range that you're okay. And there's there's no better experts out there at getting hurt and being okay than those over at my uh, my favorite one of my favorite entertainment properties outside of the Nicktoons, the world of Jackass, which you would think, wait a minute, Captain Herrick, you are on a family friendly podcast talking about Jackass and and it's SpongeBob. What? Why are you bringing this up? Well, there's a good reason I bring it up because. Um, Jackass uh, King, the star of the entire show, Johnny Knoxville, would would later guest star in a future episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. So yeah, yeah, we we definitely are allowed to have some Johnny Knoxville Jackass talk here. Which I gotta say, this next segment, this whole sequence of events that happens, is that SpongeBob realizes that the kids are wildly entertained at his pain, and decides to go tenfold with the pain and the destruction. And he ends up pouring the entirety of the bubble spray in his eyes. And we get a nice little uh, uh, um, montage here of, of different bits, which just, this is SpongeBob in his audition tape as a part of Jackass. Because here's SpongeBob um, duct taping his face off, you know, like the old... The waxing scene from 40-Year-Old Virgin. Imagine that, but SpongeBob doing that to his face. Um, he then gets somebody to run over his tongue, which I got to say, that's a pretty that's a pretty extreme thing to have done. That that might alone get SpongeBob on the Jackass crew. I mean, they're they're I think they're making a new show on Paramount Plus. SpongeBob is a part of Paramount, the the Paramount family. Synergy? Come on, this is SpongeBob's audition tape to join the Jackass crew. So he has his tongue run over, and I'm just going to go through the sequence here. We we get these biker characters, which their whole designs and their look, I absolutely love. I love that there's multiple versions of these guys, and, and they have different just colors to them, but the way that they look and dress just exactly the same. And there's just a poetic beauty to it all. But he gets these uh, these strong biker guys involved where uh, one of them takes a massive hammer and nails SpongeBob on the head. And by the way, throughout this entire sequence of events, there's, you know, nicer music, bouncy music as to what's going on. And it's also quick succession, SpongeBob getting hurt and the kids just cheering him on. Uh, so SpongeBob gets hit in the head with a hammer, then has a wrecking ball dropped on him. Um, and then worst of all, Worst of all, gets tied up and gets forced to eat a can of lima beans. Absolutely terrible. Although I, I kind of like lima beans. Um, now, I I love that um, because then the biker guy at this point, he there's a sequence where he calls up his friend to get involved because they use SpongeBob as the as the birdie in a game of badminton. But I love that during the call, there seems to be these kind of, you don't hear what they're saying to one another, but they have these concerned looks on their faces. So it's giving off this idea that I'm sure this guy is like, dude, this this guy is paying me to, to like beat him up and force him to eat these lima beans. I don't know. You want to come over here and make some money? It's kind of weird. Like I can only imagine what these two are saying to one another, but uh, they're, they're getting involved. Right after the badminton game, the final pain-related uh, activity to happen to SpongeBob that we see 
is that he is literally being ripped in half by the two biker individuals. And I love the the kid. There's this main kid in the front of the group when they cut to them as SpongeBob is about to be ripped apart. And the one in the front looks so menacing with his hands and his eyes. He, he is clearly very much looking forward to SpongeBob being ripped. I definitely knew kids like this growing up, like in a group that that would just have that more sinister side to them. Like they would they would definitely look forward to something like that happening. But the kids are all involved with uh, with SpongeBob getting uh, getting his pain on. We cut to Mr. Krabs's office where SpongeBob kind of busts in. And even though up to this point we have seen SpongeBob enjoying the pain, enjoying the entertainment he's giving these kids, when he busts into Mr. Krabs's office, especially with no limbs attached and looking like he just got into a uh, a pretty bad scrap, a pretty big fight, uh, SpongeBob is is not at all amused anymore at being injured for the kids' entertainment and is wondering when Krabby the Clown is, is going to be uh, making his appearance. I, You know what's really funny? They, the other option, obviously, would be Krusty the Clown. But uh, yeah, there might be a problem with that. I just realized. I mean, I knew that the entire time. But I just thought that was funny, knowing that that's the Krusty Krab. And uh, they must have had some Krusty the Clown jokes going on during the writing of this episode. I, I have to imagine they they might have even tried to, to throw in maybe a joke here or... Uh, or maybe they weren't even wanting to attempt it, to even shake the boat of the Simpsons. But, um, so yeah, Krabby the Clown, though, is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. It's time. Mr. Krabs has counted all of the money, and it is time for Krabby the Clown to, to show up. I don't know if anyone was expecting what we ended up getting with Krabby the Clown, if, if they thought there would be an actual other character, or if you thought Mr. Krabs would just paint himself. N knowing... How uh, how many corners he cut, actually building Krabby Land? I'm sure, I'm sure everybody at least knew it was going to be Mr. Krabs. But the kids bum rush the Krusty Krab once they know that Krabby the Clown is in the building, and they run up to Mr. Krabs who is right in front of his office. And you know what? The guy doesn't even make the attempt to hide the fact that he is Krabby the Clown. He just turns around. And when he comes back, he has fastened a blue nose onto his nose, a blue clown nose. And a single bow tie. And just in a squeakier voice, thanks the kids for coming to the Krusty Krab. Tells them to buy a Krabby Patty. And says that's it. And one thing I, I failed to mention through this episode is that Spongebob, for as much as he's an adult, does have a child side to him, was really excited to meet Krabby the Clown. And was really excited to bring that excitement to the kids and was just as let down at what they ended up getting for this so-called Krabby the Clown as as the kids got. To the point that SpongeBob marched right into that office to let Mr. Krabs know that he wasn't really impressed with what he called Cheapy the Cheapskate. Knowing that this guy ended up cutting all these corners and and didn't care in the slightest of these kids. Now this is where Mr. Krabs' quote of uh, of not really caring about the feeble minds of these kids and, and how they are easily manipulated by cheap playgrounds and talentless clowns. Um, hey, look, the cold hard fact is that there are those so high up in some of these companies that are so far removed over just what the general public see. And even when they do, even when they're driving by 
mentally they don't. They are so far removed that yeah, there there probably isn't a care to to the to the degree that that SpongeBob would compared to Mr. Krabs. I'm sure there are those out there who care in the way of Mr. Krabs where it's just about that bottom line. It's just about that dollar. And they don't really care about any of the extra bells and whistles or any of the corners they cut. And it's just about taking their money. And he is saying this as he is leaving the Krusty Krab through a window. He doesn't even want to go out to the front to, to see the kids. He just wants to get out, get to the bank, scuttle over, make the deposit, and go home. Until the next day where he has to dupe a bunch of kids all over again. But when he leaves, he is met with the angry group of kids looking for their money back. Now, on one note, if the money was only really from the Krabby Patties and the kids didn't technically pay for Krabby Land and they didn't technically pay for Krabby the Clown, unless there was a kid out there that only bought the Krabby Patty for Krabby the Clown. That, that's the only time where it's kind of in the rough area. Uh, but these kids aren't having it. They end up beating up Mr. Krabs and just taking the money from him and throwing it off of the roof of the Krusty Krab, showering the front of the store with all these bills. And it's really sweet. One of the kids comes in to let Mr. Squarepants know that it's a summer miracle, that this money is coming from the sky. What really bothers me is that Squidward, of all people, shows up to the front of the Krusty Krab and sees all this money flying from the sky and does absolutely nothing. Of any adult that I would think would see some some cash flying from the sky to kind of jump after it, I feel like Squidward would be the one, but I, I'm sorely mistaken here. Um, we end the episode with Mr. Krabs stuck in the same situation as SpongeBob found himself earlier, forced to eat a can of lima beans. Uh, as the as the bikers pull up, not just a can, but an entire truckload of lima beans. And uh, and that is Mr. Krabs and his comeuppance of, of the episode of taking advantage of these kids. He had his money stolen and then uh, forced to eat lima beans. Well, the, he had he had the money stolen that he swindled out of kids with the, the promise of a clown. But that is Krabby Land for SpongeBob SquarePants season three. It's a really decent episode. It has a good message, and I hope that kids were able to see this and at least be able to to notice, you know, some of these practices that are being done at other fast food locations. Not necessarily saying that their playscapes or or playgrounds are as dangerous or um, disgusting as Krabby Land was, but I'm I'm sure that there are certain corners that were cut that shouldn't have been cut somewhere along the way in some of these situations, um, where, when, how, I'm not that person to say, but they definitely exist out there. And I, uh, I really think that this episode really stands the test of time. It's one of those SpongeBob episodes that I don't necessarily would say, yes, it's one of the funniest ones you have to watch this, but it's, it's one of those episodes that I think you could show to, a lot of people from a lot of different parts in the world and because places like McDonald's are so worldwide and and so the the idea of a clown associated with a fast food restaurant with a playground that that kind of of joke and the humor associated with it is is worldwide anybody can get it and understand that and and when there could be something that we can all get and, and appreciate 
Th- those are the best kinds of moments. And that's going to be this week for uh, I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I really, truly appreciate those of you who listen week in and week out um, and, and wait through my delays and and wait through every little bit of the Captain Eric saga. Uh, I really do appreciate each and every one of you who join the Ready crew. Never a membership fee. If you listen to me or watch any of the, the content I put out, then you are a part of it. Welcome aboard. Uh, please listen for my other podcast, This Week in Nickelodeon History. I put a lot of work into that, um, and, it, and it airs every Sunday on most podcast platforms, and then eventually a YouTube video version comes out uh, with with art that I... All of the art I do, by the way, on YouTube, everything is, is done solely by me. Um, once in a while, I will definitely get some help with uh, musical bits, because just musically, I am illiterate. Um, but when it comes to any of this art, I, I really put a lot of hard work into it. So I, I hope that there are those of you out there that do enjoy it. Um, so uh, this week in Nickelodeon history, every Sunday, most podcast platforms. Check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast. Uh, I am active on Twitter every day. I'm, I'm trying to interact with as many people on there as possible. So stop by and say hi. But you can also follow me on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast. Just straight up SpongeBob Podcast. Uh, that one is literally just more, hey, it's, it's Instagram. It's more pictures. And for video, you can also follow me on TikTok at SpongeBob Podcast. I do have one or two up there, and uh, I, I eventually will post a few more TikToks. There, there are some ideas in the works, um, and there will be uh, some fun to be had. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel. That is the main hub for literally everything associated with Captain Eric. And if you feel the the need to want to know when I put something out, feel free to hit that bell at your convenience. Other than that, if you would like any Captain Eric merchandise, you can hit the link in the podcast description below. In the coming weeks, all of the updated logos will be up there with their own t-shirts. And I will say I've bought in a bunch of the Redbubble t-shirts, uh, even of my my own podcast logos. And the shirts that they uh, send out are some of the favorite shirts that I own. I really stand by the, uh, the shirts that Redbubble prints on. So um, even if it's not my own, if you check out Redbubble, and uh, and support other artists out there, uh, you will at least appreciate the shirts that you get mailed out to you. Um, you can also get any of my logos or stuff on any of the other merchandise that Redbubble prints on, including uh, a duvet cover, if you will, or a shower curtain. Internally blessed if any of you out there actually purchase a Captain Herrick shower curtain. Um, I, I would definitely greatly appreciate that. And as always, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and please come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Are you ready to meet Krabby the Clown? Yeah! All right, here you go! Hey, kids! Uh, thank you all for coming! Thank you! Eat plenty of Krabby Pie!